let's be real here. The Pirates are one and six after losing four to two to the Cubs yesterday in the home opener at PNC Park. One and six. They won one, and then they lost six. And everything about these first seven games, every single thing, every facet, has done nothing other than to support all of the worst-case scenarios about how this season would go. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins if you're into football and or hockey. It's not easy following this team. It's not easy, I'm sure, for the people who are fans of this team. No matter how much you believe in the overall plan, and I have stated clearly myself, and I'll reiterate it, regardless of what happens in the standings this season, I am 1,000% behind what Ben Charrington wants to do, what he plans to do, what his approach is. It's the smartest approach that this franchise has taken in my lifetime. But man, this season, the pitching's been bad. The hitting's been bad. The defense has been bad. The base running has been somewhat bad. But when you're talking about base running being somewhat bad, you're probably talking about base running being bad. And that's not to say that 100% of everything has been bad, but I've already used the word bad seven times in this podcast, and I probably left out a couple of instances where it also could have applied. And that in and of itself is grim, because now what you have to go through as a team, not just as individuals, but as a team that's in there in that locker room, facing each other, preparing with each other, supporting each other, is the idea that, wow, like absolutely nothing that we do collectively the rest of the way matters. Like you could leave Bradenton and think to yourself, hey, you know, uh, what was that phrase they were all using down there? Yeah, we're, we could surprise some people. We're going we're gonna to surprise some people. Generally, when you're saying that things like that in sports, you're saying we fully expect to be in last place. <laughs> really, if you're waiting for the second part of that, there isn't one. Okay, <laughs> we're expecting we could surprise some people, and it doesn't appear that. They will. They're not going to lose at this pace. No one does. No one has in the history of baseball. And they've run into a couple of unfortunate situations, notably the sizzling hot reds in Cincinnati. I mean, that uh, that team was as locked in at the plate as I've seen uh, in baseball in a while. And that's that's just going to happen. There's going to be games that are more like the one yesterday where the Pirates, you know, gave themselves a chance, specifically Tyler Anderson gave them a chance, pitched well enough, 
the crowd seemed to appreciate it. And yes, there was a crowd of 7,749 there that was also nice to see. Gave him a round of applause. Uh, coming off the mound, no more than a couple of minutes after he'd given up a two-run bomb. Just because I think there's an acceptance and an understanding, at least from the franchise's most passionate fans, that this isn't going to be any picnic. And that that guy's two starts have been better than any starts by anyone else to date. How will things get better? How will they get better? How will they turn around? Because that does matter. It's not a nothing. It's not a nothing. No matter how much of a write-off you consider 2021 to be, you don't want these guys dragging and moping, or worse, backbiting and backstabbing and everything else for the next six months. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by the very happy people at North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar. I also was happy in leaving PNC Park as I was heading home and seeing both Mike's and North Shore Tavern just overflowing. And safely, you always have to make sure you throw that in, in the current environment. Everything was spread out and everything else, but all of the tables that were there, including the ones that were spread out outside sidewalks and even into Federal Street, were occupied. That's a small, completely independent business that I can tell you, like every other restaurant or food service agent over the past year, has had a rough ride. Support them. Not for them, but because they do really, really good stuff. They do good work. Mike's Beer Bar and North Shore Tavern. I asked Gregory Polanco after the game yesterday his thoughts on the Pirates' offense. And Polanco had a couple hits, his first uh, his first two at-bats, and he almost, almost hit a three-run blast that would have changed every bit of discussion anybody was having today about baseball. Just missed a thing. I mean, he blistered it out to center field. I thought it was gone off the bat. And I usually don't miss by that much when I'm up in the press box just reading the trajectory off the bat, the velocity, the sound of the ball off the bat. I, I thought he hit it. I asked Polanco afterward if, if, what the hope is here. What's the hope, particularly for this offense. Blanco, can this whole team hit better than what we've seen? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, 100% for sure. Like, I'm 100% for sure we're going to be better. Does it? Do, do you think the team needs to be more aggressive at the plate? What, what do you think is missing right now? I don't know, man. You know, we just get, you know, a lot of guys, we're just getting adjusted to the season, man. Mm -hmm. we're, taking, we're, we're taking good good or bad. You know, the results right now, they're not there, but we're taking good or bad. 
you know, if you see Newman, he's hitting the ball good, just like as somebody every time. You know, Fraser always can hit when when we got a key, a key riding by. You know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be good. We're gonna be okay. When he says it in that calm voice of his, uh, it it almost makes you believe it. You know, but then he just had a a good individual day, and that's also part of team sports too. The guy who just performed really well, even if it was in a loss, is always going to be the one who sounds the most upbeat. Why? Because he just did good. You know, that's just that's human nature. But after this game, and understand, it's just one week of ball, so. Don't extrapolate what I'm about to say too far, but Adam Frazier is at 227. Kevin Newman's at 185. Brian Reynolds is at 240. Colin Moran is at 280, but has had some really ugly at-bats the last three or four days. Phillip Evans continues to be an absolute monster at 368, but he's all alone because Greg's two hits yesterday only raised his average to 150. Jacob Stallings at 188. How much more of this do you want to hear? Dustin Fowler, who had some really rotten at-bats yesterday at 214. I can't stand it. I can't stand watching this team hit. I also can't stand watching this team pitch so far, other than Tyler Anderson and a handful of bullpen guys. In a lot of these cases... These individual players are performing markedly below their career norms. So there will be, I think, I believe, a boomerang effect. It's just a matter of when and how many of them and how many of them do it simultaneously or in as much of an overlap as you'd want. But it's 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 not good. It's not good. I'm not here to say anything good about one and six or what the 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 pirates. See, there I go thinking about the Steelers already. I can start talking about the Penguins too. It's going to reflect the rest of the city. Um, the Pirates need to turn around their own performance very very soon, or this will head into some really ugly uglier territory. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that's coming today from DM Bursick, who asks, DK, how long does it take an incoming GM to assemble a team around him that he's comfortable with? You've been around uh, reading my stuff uh, and watching and listening to my stuff long enough, DM, to know that uh, I'm not going to tackle it in that general a sense. Ben Charrington took over a minor league system that was way worse than what any of Frank Coonley, Neil Huntington, 
or Kyle Stark wanted anyone to know. That's why they would take all the extra steps that they would to try to build themselves up in those minor league rankings or those organizational rankings and trying to influence Baseball America and MLB Pipeline and all that other stuff. When in fact there really was not nothing down there because Brian Hayes was there, Quinn Priester is one of their guys. But nowhere near, nowhere in the stratosphere of what a team operating in Major League Baseball's imbalanced economics at the wrong end of that needs in order to succeed. When everybody talks about what happened after the 2015 season, the Pirates had made the playoffs three years in a row. They won 98 games in 2015. They might have been by the end of that regular season, legitimately the best team in baseball. It didn't matter because the wild card format was going to force it to be an ace-on-ace matchup. One game and you're done. And, of course, the Pirates were done. Never had a chance to use all that depth and everything else that they had. What really went wrong after 2015 wasn't that the evil owner decided to lower the payroll. They actually didn't lower the payroll. Payroll was slightly up the following year. Slightly, not enough, but slightly up. And everyone focuses on, oh, they didn't re-sign Jay Happ. They couldn't re-sign Jay Happ. They also couldn't keep A.J. Burnett from retiring. That was A.J.'s decision. What really went wrong after 2015 was that there was nothing on the farm. Ugly, boring little truth that isn't the kind of thing that makes much of an impact on hot take radio which is where I swear where 90% of anybody who talks about baseball in this town gets their information from. Who do you think on talk radio is going to say, hey, let's revisit the state of the Pirates minor league system in 2015? I mean, actually, I don't even want to do that. It's boring. But it's also the real thing. That's actually what happened. When you lose a couple of starting pitchers, one of them to retirement, one of them to free agency, you shouldn't have had to go and get an ancient Ryan Vogel song to trade Neil Walker to bring John Neese or to try to convert Juan Nicasio from relief to starting. Do you know the reason they did all of those things? That's right, because there was no one in Indianapolis who could help them. And they knew that. That was it. That was it. This GM, Charrington, comes in. He looks at the system, studies it as much as he can over the past year, considering that the next minor league game that gets played under Charrington's watch will be the first. Did you realize that? Not one minor league game has been played in the Pirate system or any system since Charrington took over. And he still did everything that he could to try to assess and analyze without taking forever. So they placed a big, big burden on the fall instructional leagues. Priester shines down there. Everybody's singing, could be the next great pitching prospect in all of baseball and all this other stuff, off of instructs, which is nuts in a normal situation. But that's all they had. That's all the scouts had. It's all the evaluators have. And for that matter, that's all the rankings people have. They don't have games. They don't have anything to go by. 
at least not until they start on May 1st. How long does it take? Way too general. Way too general. I like the pace at which Charrington has moved, and I will repeat again and again and again that I love the approach. But so much is needed at all levels, including Pittsburgh, in terms of execution. And it ain't going to be quick, my friends. It just ain't. Thanks to everybody for listening to this show all week. Thanks especially to those of you who've taken the time to leave a, a nice review on our podcasting platforms. It sounds like nothing, but it's not something that we ask for just so that we can read it and feel happy about ourselves. It's done because the more positive reviews we get, the more we move up in their rankings and get more uh, listeners to this show. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.